You're listening to Free Your Inner Guru, a podcast for big-hearted leaders making a meaningful impact in the world. We have big conversations about conscious leadership, choosing a life of personal growth, spirituality, and the self-help industry, so you can connect to your inner wisdom and become the leader you want to see in the world. To become a part of the Free Your Inner Guru online community, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, where we take the conversation online. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. It is my pleasure to introduce this week's conversation with John Larson. John is the founder of Coach Accountable. It's a tool that I use in my coaching practice as well as many other coaches, but that's not why John is here. Before I get into the serendipity of this conversation, I want to share something with you. First of all, lots of times there's a significant lag time between when a conversation is recorded and when it gets released. And I just looked back in the files and saw that this one was recorded more than a year ago. And it's kind of been there on the cusp of being released and then 2020 hit and oh my gosh, just everything going on with the Wondery podcast for Guru, The Dark Side of Enlightenment. It just never really seemed to fit because it's special. And and what's special and what I love about the timing of releasing it this week is, is John is incredibly passionate about personal development. And if it's possible, he's even more passionate about coaching. And in this conversation, which when I reviewed it several weeks ago, I was delighted just to see how timeless it was. You'd never really know unless I said anything, but I feel like this conversation is even more pertinent now when a lot of people are turning to various sources and methods for some guidance during a really challenging year but also in the arc and scope of what's been going on with me, you know, it's rare that I find someone who's as passionate and dedicated as John is to improving the experience of the self-help consumer. And if you know anything about me and my story, and, um, you know, I'm taking stock this week because Thursday the 8th is the 11 year anniversary since the Sedona Sweat Lodge, which was a huge defining moment in my life. And I, years and years, if I thought that I would still have anything to do with the personal development or self-help industry 11 years later, I would have told you no. It's always about bringing more quality. It's always about raising the level of professionalism and And at least it is for me, I found a partner on that journey. He comes at it from a completely different experience and background, which is so, just so nice, quite frankly, to just sit back and listen to someone who's had such positive experiences, but even more so how he's taken that and then used it to create this platform for coaches And then it's all balled up in this remarkable entrepreneurial journey that was, quite frankly, a little bumpy at times. So this conversation has it all. It has the entrepreneurial journey. It's got the inspiration. It's got a really healthy, solid, candid look at why some people think self-help is kind of culty. And John's um, platform for coaches is really a, uh, a tool that can be used to make coaching more tangible, which is always the challenge, quite frankly, and to just raise, I know my coaching has become more effective since using it. And I've never, ever, ever once felt limited by what I wanted to do in terms of programming or documentation or conversations. If anything, it's become a little bit of a superpower that I'm just so delighted to share with you. Think of me this week. Tomorrow is October the 8th. I go for a quiet day every single October the 8th and uh, connect with my 
um, friends and uh, and spend a bunch of time uh, in introspection and uh, meditation. So um, 11 years, I'm so happy to be here and happy to share this conversation. Enjoy. Today, I'm very happy to welcome John Larson to Free Your Inner Guru. John is the founder, the designer, the programmer of Coach Accountable. And uh, this is a tool that I've been using in my coaching since late last year, which I'll tell you all about in a couple of moments. And then the more I got to know Coach Accountable and the more I became curious about John, I kept thinking he'd be a wonderful guest to have on the the podcast because one of our areas of focus is on the self-development industry and coaching falls under that umbrella. And John has two goals that I find very, very exciting. The first is to make coaching better and to make coaching mainstream. So let's just jump in and John, let's start talking about your desire to make coaching better and and how you came across uh, all of the things that happened that led you to saying, I want to provide a solution that not only makes coaching better all around, but makes it more accessible for the mainstream. Yeah, that's, that's, hmm. that's been a really fun driving sort of thrust behind the whole project. Um, To go back to the beginning of my sort of inception of the world of coaching, it was 2004 when I did the landmark forum. And that's the first time I ever had any concept of coaching being a thing outside of, you know, some dude with a whistle telling you to do more jumping jacks, like outside of the athletic realm. Um, it was profound. It was powerful. I, I, you might say I was an A student of like the landmark flavor of, of transformational goodness and coaching. I took to it like ringing a bell. It was intimidating as heck, but did all kinds of great breakthroughs. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, and part of those breakthroughs actually was a foray into uh, the entrepreneurship world, um, doing things on my own and, and sort of self-generating that versus like just a job and, Oh, I'm grateful to have a job. And I'm like, ah, it's totally underpaid for what I was making. Like it was just way under my potential. And, um, well, you know, to condense that a little bit, you know, the, the entrepreneurial path is a bit meandering, uh, but there was a crossroads where we wanted to sort of transcend me and my partners, just trading talented hours for dollars, um, get out of doing contract and project work. It was great, but we wanted to see if we could create something that would scale more. And at the intersection of those desires, uh, being a programmer, being, being wanted to do something entrepreneurial, and me thinking that, and, and indeed my partner's thinking that this coaching thing is amazing and it's underserved. The, the software that was out at the time, this was about 2008 when we were looking, was just kind of underserved, let's put it that way. Um, there was a lot of room for improvement we saw. And so we thought we would just take our stab at uh, making a coaching platform. And so what did you see as the primary needs at that point in time in 2008? Well, a lot of it was given by my experience of both coaching and being coached, again, in one of Landmark's programs. Um, the way they do it in their, their SLP, the Self-Expression and Leadership Program, is it's very old school. Uh, you make an action plan with your coach once a week when you're in classroom, and it's carbon copy. You know, write hard, press hard, give a copy to your coach. And I was the sort of person who was really, I I call myself then what I call motivated mere mortal. I was really into the program. I thought it was totally worth doing all the work that, and the plans I'd laid out to, you know, move forward on these things. But I lacked, shall we say, the soft skills of actually bringing that coaching into my life. I would write my action plan, fold it up and slide it into my notebook and promptly forget about it. There was no putting into my calendar. I didn't know to have the discipline of like actually making room in my life to do these things that I really believed in were worth doing. So when I got in with my coaching, with my coach uh, for, for the weekly call, you know, several days later, he'd invariably asked the, the right question to ask. So how are things going with your action plan? Let's start there. He's looking at the carbon copy of what I wrote a couple days ago. I am not. And I say, ah, gee, what, what did I say I was going to do again? And, uh, and that was how it went. And, and I was from this background of being a web programmer and, you know, being all about technology as a way to sort of augment your brain that sort of the, much of the impetus of coach accountable was originally from let's have that, that earnest desire to have coaching make a difference and to move forward under a coaching program, not get wasted as a bunch of good ideas that faded from memory but instead are supported to actually do the work. 
So the, you know, the very first module of Coach Cannibal I ever built was actions. Create an action plan. Why is this better than, than just pen and paper? Well, it lives online, so both you and your coach can see it at any time. Your coach can see what you have and have not marked complete. And you know what? Technology is really great at sending timely messages. So, you know, setting it up so you can get a text or an email at the right time to say like, hey, remember that thing you said you were going to do in so many words? Yeah, don't forget to do that thing and and make sure you mark it complete so everyone knows and we got this record. Um, it was that that transformation of coaching from being all conversations and then whatever happens, happens by, again, people like me, the motivated mere mortals who it's kind of a crapshoot what we do between now and the next call. Um, bridge that gap to have it actually be more reliably taken advantage of so that the coaching doesn't seem like, well, that didn't work for me, but instead like, wow, that really worked. Look at all these great things I did. Hey, there's even a record of it. And, and it opened up, I would imagine, because this is a bit in parallel with my experience when I, when I, brought people on the very first thing that I used and the impetus for me to go to coach accountable was that I made a trip to California in November and I was carrying all these paper files of Mm -hmm. my, my client notes. And, and I was like, who it's 2019 or 18 (laughs) at that point, who carries paper? Well, I do. And that, and that was almost add to add insult to injury that I'm quite technology friendly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there has got to be a better way. And, and in the, in, and in parallel to that, what would happen is that I would take all kinds of fantastic notes during the session. And Mm. then the session would go and and then I would eventually just fold up the paper notes and put them into my files. Of course, because they can't, well, they sometimes do stay out all week or (laughs) bi-weekly, but in between the sessions, there was, there wasn't as much um, dynamic flow and communication, some of it automated, but a lot of it based around the actions and the session notes. So what I found was it brought some continuity, which is exactly what you're describing with the actions, continuity between sessions, between the coach and the coachee. And, and so that's, but that's really, you know, that's, that's like what it does at its most basic, I find. Mm -hmm. And I know you had a couple of iterations of Coach Accountable. I'd love for you to share, you know, how that all went down in sort of your entrepreneurial journey alongside this conversation. Yeah, um, we had a version one and we launched, we built that and it looked really pretty and it used a lot of cutting edge this and that and the design was great. And we launched it into the summer of 2009, largely to crickets. Like, oh, I guess marketing's hard. Let's try some marketing stuff. And then... Lee, my, uh, one of my partners at the time, she and I uh, actually volunteered to coach the self-expression leadership program that was happening in St. Louis that summer. And it was a perfect opportunity to do, it's a, it's a term of industry in software, eat your own dog food, as in try it yourself and see if it's any goods or, or not. And we ate our own dog food by saying like, hey, we're going to bring this, this platform that we made into our coaching. And it wasn't good. It just, it looked great. Uh, at the end of the day, it was it was kind of like software that we made for other people without actually battle testing it ourselves. We wish we had battle tested it earlier. When we battle tested it that summer, we're like, oh, but this is clunky for this reason, and nobody really wants to use it for that reason. There's still a lot of friction and all this stuff. We basically learned the hard way all the things we did wrong with version one. So we actually scuttled it. Um, we kind of lost steam and and you know kind of had to move on to the next thing. And so I actually shelved it for for a number of years. Um, until 2012, when a number of parties came out of the woodwork to say, hey, what's going on with this? So, are you, you, you going to do anything with it? You want to sell it? Um, I entertained a few conversations. None of them really went to some, uh, anywhere that I liked. Uh, and eventually, I, I kind of said, like, well, maybe Coach Gamble's time has come. Um, I'm four years older and wiser and a little less naive and a little more savvy. The smartphone revolutions happened, really. Uh, you know, apps have taken off as cool and the cloud is no longer this esoteric thing that people don't understand. It's actually a well-known quantity that is wanted and and kind of hot right now. Maybe Coach Campbell's time had come. And that was really perfect because my wife and I were just about to embark. We were a couple months out from getting rid of all our stuff, selling it and storing a few things with my my wife's parents. Our our lease was ending and we were going to take a a year-long world tour. Just traveling slow, go around the world. We ended up visiting 21 countries. What better way to spend that when well, no, no 
there's, there's a lot of better ways to spend that. But it was a perfect time to actually say like, okay, let me dust off Coach Accountable and give it another try. Let me try making a version two and see if this one takes. Learning from the experiences of the past and benefiting from the wind in our, in our sales called like, hey, smartphones and apps are now cool and not just some weird thing for weird nerds and that sort of thing. Uh, so I gave that a try and I did the one of the really right things called actually use it as I built it. Uh, a buddy of mine, Tim, I uh, sort of like coaching him with his own entrepreneurial doings and he became and was willing and happy, thanks to him, to be my, my guinea pig for this so that I got to use it and, and know sooner rather than later parts of coaching that just weren't good. And I got to file off the rough edges and actually make it a system that I really like to use that I'm like, this is great. This hums. Uh, so that was the summer. And then uh, in, at the end of August, 2012, I'm in my kitchen, uh, Cusco, Peru at my kitchen table and I hit the button and I launched version two. And uh, that was, that was the beginning of coach cannibal really working. Uh, we had one customer for the first three months, a uh, certain John, Dr. John Kenworthy, out of Singapore, we actually met him on World Tour several months later, which is really cool. I had lunch with him in a, in a mall in Singapore. Uh, that sort of encouragement and, and validation, like, okay, we're on the right track, and that became tape customers. That became four. And you know, by the time we hit Vietnam, I remember checking into this great hotel in Hoi An and, and seeing our numbers and like, oh, wow, up to 1200 a month uh, recurring revenue on this. And by the time we were in Greece, uh, at the tail end of our, of our year, it's a nice place in Magricule. It's this little fishing village outside of Crete. You know, I checked things and we're up to about $3,300 in career revenue. I'm like, okay, I think this has legs. And so that really let me know that I'd gotten it right with 2.0 and this is a path worth pursuing. It's, it's such an interesting story from the point of view of sometimes an idea isn't landing at the right time. Um, if it sounds like you had the ideas around the cloud and mobile at that time and it maybe just you know, people weren't receptive to it or your audience wasn't or your market wasn't as tech savvy as it needed to be. And then that happened organically in the in-between time. The environment became yeah. friendlier to what you were attempting to to accomplish in design. Yeah. A number of things really nicely aligned. I mean, it didn't hurt as well that, you know, we were, we, we left it on, you know, version one, we, did, we turned out, took down the sign-up page, but just kind of left Coach Cannibal. It had a web presence there. So it turns out, and I don't know how or why this happened, but through the, the goodness of SEO, we, we had this nice steady trickle of visitors to our site, you know, from day one of launching version two, which had a nice organic traffic so that people who were actually looking for this found us. And, and that was the way we got it. We didn't, we never threw tons of dollars at, well, let's try and attract people and just throw money at the problem. And then, you know, we'll see what we can fetch by, you know, big ad spends. Everything of Coach Campbell's growth has been this is solving a real people that a real problem that people are actively looking for. We've done virtually zero outward marketing. That, that aligns with what I did when I got home and I was tearing out my hair. I just, I started Googling around. And so <laughs> that, that, so you're talking to one of those people right now who, right you know, there are some solutions out there. And then what I found, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you come on here is that I have a keen interest as well at making self-development better. Mm-hmm. And, 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 when I saw some of the philosophy and the, the the free trial and to be able to actually, it's a, it's a month long trial if I remember. So to actually, to actually be able to get my hands in it for a month and, and start to use it with some of my clients. Um, and then after 30 days, I was like, well, I can't, I have to start paying for this because mm-hmm. I'm never going to, I'm never going to coach the same. Well, my coaching hasn't changed but how it's supported yeah. was transforming pretty rapidly just with just with the basic needs of the session notes for one and uh, and then as i got into the habit of oh let's create an action for that it, and mm. and and then on to make the metrics and making things measurable so i think the metrics yeah. are a really good container for the conversation about making coaching less um woo and and mm. out there because I know we've talked about this and it's part of the, the conversation that I want to explore with you. Yeah. So, so your opinion or your experience of coaching from the landmark days, from your experience is that most people look at it and go, what the heck is it? I can't say most people, but certainly my family. My family might be uniquely cynical and or mean because that's what you do to your little brother, right? Uh, I'm one of seven kids and I'm the sixth in the row. So when I 
got my taste of the transformational arts of, of coaching of, of this whole self-help personal development, whatever umbrella title you want to put on it. They looked at me a little sideways, like, Oh, Johnny, what's up? You join a cult or something? I'm like, no, it's, they're telling you to call your friends and your family and tell them you love them, not to isolate, whatever. All the, all these things like really hit me. The, the straight up cynicism about it, mm. about this thing that was like so patently and objectively good. If you looked at the before and after outcomes for just me alone, I'm like, what? this thing is so good. This, it seems like an, a serious missed opportunity. If it's languishing, if coaching in general is languishing behind this reputation of this kind of woo woo or stigma or like, ah, oh, that's for some people, those people, but not for me. Or and people with problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right? Like the idea that you have, there's got to be something wrong for you to hire a coach, which is not how anyone would think about it in the world of, of sport, sport or art. Yeah. No, one, no one's giving Michael Jordan crap about having a coach, right? Right. Um, I remember uh, I, was, I spoke at the ACTO conference last summer and, and one of the speakers during the keynote uh, set, or during one of the panels said, a great, make a great observation. Like, you know, we've got therapists and psychologists and doctors, all kinds of professionals that you can see when there's a problem. But what do people have when they're well and still want to get better at life? That's the niche that coaching exists to divide. And I love that definition because to your point, it's not a matter of there's something wrong with you, but boy, are you interested in being the best version of yourself you can be? Okay, cool. Come on over here. We've got this little niche industry that, yeah, so loop back to, to my impetus. And it's not just me wanting to be teased less by my fam- my loving family, but I want coaching to be mainstream. I think this is, uh, I think it was a complete accident that I tripped over into the world of it at all. I could have totally missed it and had a very different life. This is worth being well understood. This is worth having a certain tangibleness that I think um, coaching left to itself, just a bunch of conversations, even if tremendously powerful conversations, doesn't have. You know, one of the things you said is, you know, your coaching hasn't changed, but the way you deliver it has. And that's exactly where I'm coming from. Like I, I and, and we and Coach Cannibal have very little to say about the content of what you should say or what you should coach on or how you should coach, but everything to say about the container in which you deliver it, the, the supporting structures for it, the ways you have to show it off. So yeah, let's make it a little woo-woo by even just a little window into, well, this is what a coaching relationship looks like. That tremendous goes a long way to, to convert the cynics from being like, oh, well, that's just a bunch of stuff and it's not for me to, oh, cool. I see someone had their metric and they were here and now they're here and here's the trajectory of the things they got done. I could go for some of that. Sure. Sign me up for the six month program. And that's the feedback that it's the feedback that I, I get. Um, I got before Couch, Coach Accountable, but it, it was, oh, that was way less woo or spiritual <laughs> than I thought it would be mm. and way more practical. And, and to me, that's exactly what I, the feedback that I'm playing for because the people who I want to coach will tend to be highly creative, will tend to, to be spiritual, will mm. enjoy spending time in, in that creative esoteric energy. And, yeah. but, but translating that into results and change and impact in the, what I'm going to facetiously say the real world because there's nothing more real to me than all of that but but where we spend our time in our businesses and our families um you know it always involves other people it involves having things like boundaries it involves commitments to yourself if if it's a self-care thing and that was one of the very first things that i did of course i i signed myself up as a client on coach accountable to get that user experience and uh and immediately um, listeners will have heard, but I went back to yoga right around the same time. And mm. I was like, okay, so my commitment to myself is that I'm going to go for the next three, what well, was, I did it in three month sprints, three to four times a week. So I set myself up a metric and was mm. absolutely committed to every time I went, um, that then that graph. So mm. seeing that I was on this literal journey, which you know, was on the rise. And, and also when I would fall below that line of three to four weeks, times a week and see it in the red versus seeing it in Mm. the green. And I became very engaged with this, you know, very simple aspect of coach accountable 
But, and you know what I'll do is I'll embed that metric right in the show notes here so people can go and see what that looks like. (laughs) Um, But it's a real live um, example of, you know, well, how is Laura doing on her yoga journey or how did she do for that period of time? So you can take that and make it into any business activity. Somebody wants to build something or any conversation, anything that you want to track. And, and so what I'm finding, especially in a group scenario, is that the accountability piece of, you know, it, it introduces accountability into the, the conversation without making it an, a focus of the conversation. We don't have to talk about it, whether or not it's getting done. We can see yeah. whether or not it's getting done and preempt it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so many things to what you said right there, the power of metrics. I mean, there's that gamification, right? It's visually pleasing to say like, oh, cool, I'm above or at my target. And there's, it has that certain visual sting of like, ah, I'm in the red. Let me, let me re-up my commitment to that. There's that accountability because it's transparent, like both coach and client can see there's no way to need to hem around it in the story. Um, and in a, I was doing an interview with earlier where Phil uh, and Greg was saying like, yeah, there's this tendency to, to BS, to sort of like, oh, yeah, everything's good. I'm good. I'm nailing. I'm crushing it. Really? Because the numbers don't bear that out. And you can skip that whole rounding up that humans tend to do of like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm crushing it. You take all that guesswork. And, and also like, you know, you're saying that, you know, seeing the chart go up over time. I think there's so much power in showing both the before and after story. I, I encourage folks to, to actually start metrics with their clients. But if, if, if it's known, backdate them. Show a little of the data back in before the coaching happened and then see what the graph does post-coaching when it becomes this sort of tracked quantity where the coach is supporting and, and when there's a real person who actually can see it and, oh, is this getting done or not? And, you know, again, there's a tendency of humans to also not to look good. You know, I don't want to look like a chump. Well, my coach is going to see it if I don't go to yoga. So let me, let me make sure I make my mark of three. So I'll have that sense of like, yeah, I look good because I'm, I'm showing up and being powerful. All those things. Yeah. And the showing up for yourself too, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that, that gratification that it's, it's constructive gratification versus, yeah. you know, distraction from your main game. Yeah. I mean, to your earlier point, it's all the same exact coaching. It's playing the same worthwhile games. It's bringing a level of reality to it and tangibility that makes all the difference in terms of having that, that real punch and push. So, um, I wanted to ask you about, we framed the, the conversation around your experience with Landmark and that, that played into um, why Coach Accountable exists. Mm-hmm. I sometimes have people come to me um, because if they, if they know my, my backstory and, 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 uh, and know that I was involved with a fa- very rigorous personal development program that, that in the end went wrong, but um, they will ask me, say, my son or daughter is is interested in landmark, and and you know, what do you think? And 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 I've I've not never done one of their programs, but my sense is that it's very very similar, pretty deep, you know, belief breaking um, concept. Mm. Did you ever? Did you ever have a time where you people were looking at you in that program and and thinking, oh, this is this is kind of culty or this is this is weird and different, <laughs> and and how you know how how do you handle that? Because I think what happens is people get really excited and they start to they start yeah. to presettleize and they want every it's working really well for I I did the same you know for the program I was in, you right know, on. and and wanting to to share it. And, and then, you know, it, it is not for everybody. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there's definitely some of that, you know, I mean, Landmark, if you've ever done it or had a friend who's done Landmark, sometimes they won't shut up about it. And I was that guy cause it was just so good. And I think that that unfortunately has the sort of backfiring effect. And that's again, like I said, it's, it's real missing for it to be sort of misunderstood like that. You know, when I say it, I'm talking about Landmark, but, any, but also any sort of personal development thing. It's genuinely good. Great. Um, I think Landmark might do a poor job in terms of like tempering people to recognize that there's space for it's not for everyone. I think they do a, a, a both good and bad job about really, really saying like, look, you can, you know, transform your environment by having your other people in your life get the same education. It's awesome when they do. 
but it's got a certain sting and it's a bummer when they again look at you sideways like oh this is a cult because it has that sort of rigor i mean being around it enough I, I got enough perspective to be able to sort of shirk it off in the right way or even be with the the comment you know oh it sounds like a cult i'm like yeah except for a couple of things you know i'm not tithing there's no group marriage ceremony that's happening you have to pay the money like any other business that you go to um they encourage you to call your mom rather than encourage you to to you know desert your family they basically tell you to recognize what an asshole you're being in life and stop it so there's a kind of a couple good things that are going for it without any of the sort of creepy deepy stuff so it it doesn't pass the smell test that's a cult and you know if you can just be with that and, and say that outright like those are the kind of facts that people are like all right fine but it's not for me or or like all right fine maybe we'll give it a chance and then you know i think part of that impetus is like having been in that place where i'm like oh my god landmark i should do landmark there is something for me that would be very fulfilling to have again my, my mission accomplished called coaching is mainstream and by that i mean it's well understood no look no one gives no one ever gives anyone crap for going to see a therapist once a week to talk and pay a hundred bucks but if you translate that same amount of time, energy, money, expenditure into coaching or a transformation program, people look at you sideways. What's the difference? It's the perception, right? Of course, the different things are happening, but there's this perception and the stigma exists because it's still not known and understood quite like something more pedestrian like seeing a shrink. No problem with seeing a shrink and no problem doing coaching. It's just, what's the perception of coaching? It's still so not well known to your layperson. It's still thought of as armchair psychology or professional cheerleading. And it's still so, well, just a bunch of conversations and it may or may not have the woo dimension. I'm with you, man. I'm all about the woo. I think it's great to have a certain greater context that, um, you know, borders on the spiritual or, or gets into the bigger picture of like life and existence and, and how you're being and all this stuff. Like, oh, it's great. But as a culture, it's not a known quantity. So anything that can help lift the veil without requiring someone to take the leap and become one of those people. Let's, mm -hmm. let's check that. Uh, coach Cannibal, let, let's make coaching tangible and real and results-based. I, I think if we can get to the point where even the most hard-nosed pragmatic bean counter can look at the outcomes of any given coaching engagement and be like, mm, well, yes, that just makes sense. Oh, we're in a good place. That yeah. means coaching is being responsible for how it's perceived and being responsible for demonstrating that it's not just a bunch of conversations to make you feel good. Coaching has the power, but can we can we can we do the work to 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 bring it to that tangible realm where the layperson and even the the the, the least woo person you know can be like, oh yeah, that just makes sense. I love the the idea of of making making the coaching relationship more tangible. Then it becomes easier to speak about, because as much as um, using myself as an example, I would spend all my time, you know, just thinking about consciousness and and where do we come from and how are we all connected and and how do the spiritual laws work and how are they at play in my life right now? And mm -hmm. I do. I spend a lot of time there, but I also love business. And, you know, and, and, and the very tangible aspect that in the presence of a coach results should come faster yeah. or right. Like that's the, that is the, the basic premise. I just read a book on the weekend called the prosperous coach. And that was one of the principles that, um, that was in there. And there's a very simple graph. It's really well illustrated with these graphs. And one was, you know, here's the progress. And it wasn't showing progress in, in terms of flat. It was on a, you know, what you would look like an organic slow growth. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but then it was like, so that's the default. That's, that's where it's going to be by default. Here's where it's going to be by with, you know, with the support of the coach, because yeah. there is something about the conversation and that does elevate and, and depending on the type of coach you're working with, whether it's, you know, internal beliefs that at, at some point it all comes down to beliefs, but sometimes it's skill and, and awareness, but everything starts with self-awareness, being able to like get out of yourself and over yourself to be able to get into, you know, aligned action. So that's the premise. Yeah. I, th I think that's such a powerful combination. 
you know, bringing the, the woo things or the spiritual things or the consciousness things into business. If you can bridge that gap, it's just one supercharges the other. That's, that's where I like to play, right? Like I, I, I look at it as, you know, there's, I was just at an event last night and there were all kinds of coaches there. And some of my friends were like, Laura, there's so many coaches. I'm like, yeah, there's, <laughs> yes, that yes, there were. And, mm-hmm. and that used to trouble me as a coach thing, you know, in a more competitive mindset. And now mm-hmm. I'm more about, well, how can I help that game be raised too? Because I wonder based on the abundance of coaches out networking around how, how well are they, how well are they doing? And you know, mm. where's, where's the opportunity and the opportunity could be in, in introducing a podcast with some, somebody like yourself. And, and because there's nothing that will help coaching become more mainstream than there being a lot of super effective coaches around. Yeah. You elevate coach uh, coaches in general and their effectiveness. Then you elevate the, what people perceive like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea versus, and eh, we tried that. It wasn't so good. I was at a conference and, and one of the guys gave a talk where it's almost disingenuous to do the two day conference. And everyone's like, Ooh, rah, rah, and everyone, you know, and company going into a company and, and doing the big seminar and the training and the coaching, whatever, without a sustained thing, because everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. We're all pumped. And then the next Monday comes around and it's business as usual by two weeks later, it's all forgotten. And if you as a coach can give them that you rah rah moment, but also structures that will have them apply it and, and have it become a sustained change versus a good sugar pill type effect, then you become the real deal. And again, even the most hard nosed accountant can see it. And they'll say like, instead of saying, yeah, we tried that once it didn't work. They'll say that was wonderful. Yeah. Get in for the new crop of hires that have come on board in the last two years. Let's do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And then that's the difference. Cause I see it. I, I, so I have a, I give a workshop and, and you know, you and Morgan know, because I ran my last workshop in coach accountable alongside the actual day-to-day workshop. And part of the attraction to doing that was that it's more than a day's content, but I've been offering it as a one day plus some on some following zoom sessions so that the concepts get integrated. And yeah. uh, because I've had that experience and I love, I don't go to many workshops right now. I will do more in the future, but for a long time there, I was, I was going here, there and everywhere um, doing, you know, the week long transformation workshops. And it just so happened that at that point in my life, I had, this is when I was consulting in the automotive industry and it was the recession. So I really had to stay in that space of, uh, alignment and awareness and and the the positive aspect of what I was learning and my transformation because otherwise everything was just falling apart all all around me mm-hmm. and and so being able to bring that back to my clients at the time it still looked very much like um, you know helping a service department in a car dealership do mm-hmm. business better but they all knew that there was a change going on with me and. I was bringing back the, the coaching skills that I was picking up at the same time and integrating them. And ironically, I hadn't thought of this until now. I was using Excel spreadsheets to generate these very metric-like um, visuals for them mm-hmm. to see, you know, here's... Because I, I knew I had to, or else I would start to be seen as an expense, not mm-hmm. something yeah. that was adding to the business in a time where their revenues were generally down, but yeah. not down nearly as much as their, as their counterparts who were not receiving that ongoing, you know, support. So I think that's part of why I view business as my modality, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's, it's coaching. Like the, the very effect you take people to where they are, you know, they're uncomfortable and restricted and not, and running into challenges and then coach them beyond that point. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the space where something new is right. And, and you're being responsible for addressing what I think is a very, I don't know, fundamental challenge is the right word, but it's a, it's an easy one to lose track of, which is being responsible for demonstrating your value. You know, if it's just conversations, that's going to be tricky. If it's just conversations plus a satisfaction survey at the tail end, Okay, a little better. Getting there. Um, if it's real numbers that again paint a before, during, and after picture, wow! Now you've really got sort of unimpeachable proof that this is worth doing. Um, you're, you're, again, you're, you're finding power in doing a biz dev program that is infused with the magic of coaching called "Let's Get Deep into Who We Are as Human Beings" to sort of have breakthroughs that way. 
Yeah. And, and accompanying that along with very, you know, very practical, tangible measures. And, and that's, that's where that's, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here is like to raise awareness around, Hey, you know, this is, as we're having the conversation, people are getting to hear about a little bit about how I coach, which Mm. I've never done before on here, which, so that's kind of exciting. Mm. Um, but also be able to see that, you know, this is nothing to be shy of and that there's, there's people like yourself and me out there that, that want you, the listener to engage with a coach and have an experience with a coach that who is continually, um, or coaches who are continually looking to improve, to be creative, to, to serve and, and ultimately, make the world it's such a cliche but make the world a better place that's that's the impact that's the core desire of the coach a lot of the time and it's usually based on lived experience and something that they've learned but to bring it into such a um a tangible measurable way without taking dare i say the magic of the coaching out of it yeah i I don't think they're exclusive um I was at a conference where it felt like there was this derision of the ROI part of the thing as if that would be stripping the soul out of it or making it all about the numbers. And I think there's room for both. I think, you know, you've got to have the, the maturity to, to have the, the end result be evident, but also the, the magic of, again, that everything to do with the one's training as a coach to really be that space for people and let things be arise and not just be about like, okay, how do I jack these, these metrics up? It takes both, but they're not mutually exclusive. Do you find, uh, what do you find most coaches when they, they start using coach Candle? What do you find that they are most excited about? Well, that's a really tough one. We only, we only hear from people who reach out to us, you know, cause uh, you know, the app is totally self-serve. So if you never drop us a line, you're off to the races and doing your own thing. And, and we'd love to help you. But if, if you don't ask, we don't know. And it's all your business. Um, I actually just had an email from someone yesterday said, like, I just wanted to send you a note of thanks. I've been I've got 1600 uh, or 16,000 hours of coaching and consulting under my belt. And I wish I'd found this a decade ago. And I keep finding things that are delightful, which I think is crazy bonkers cool. I'm like, I, I realize he's in Denver actually. So he and I are going to get into the studio uh, at the end of this month and, and riff and just do an interview. Cause I'm like, we've never talked, but I'd love to talk to you about that. Like, if you want to come from that and that kind of perspective, let's riff on camera and see if anyone learns something cool from it. They probably will. So I don't know what he's going to say yet. Um, but I, I suspect a lot of it has to really do with those bread and butter components tracks and metrics. So it's not just a fresh number of, you know, what is it right now? And maybe you remember what it was last week, make an action plan. So you can see what's done and what's not. Plus this growing record of, Hey, cool. Look at all these things I did over the last three months. Uh, take and share session notes. So they're not just living in Laura's folder, uh, but instead like a nice record that becomes this growing treasure trove of insights and wisdom that your clients can, you know, pop into at any time. And you as coach can also see the, and review the arc and, and incidentally prepare for your calls, you know, within about five minutes time. Um, those bread and butter features just cover so much ground in terms of bringing a dose of, you know, more tangible tracked reality and something to show for it. It's not to say you don't have something to show for great coaching conversations, but if they're actually captured and the results and the, and the doings of it come out of that, oh boy, you've got a huge bunch beyond just memories of conversations. And even as I'm thinking about some of my early coaching days where you know that there's, you know, that there's breakthroughs, you know, you know that there's like the, a few, when it's, when a lot of the return is intangible, mm. it can get, I've had clients finish prematurely because, mm. you know, yes, results take time, but they're not able to see that either when they came into the coaching conversation, they were feeling one way when they left, they were feeling another way and what that translates into over time. And then how that eventually, and sometimes immediately turns into, you know, a better conversation, right? Like, like you just said before we got on here about the last podcast, um, about going out and having an empowered conversation with somebody who was going to be, um, ironically jackhammering at your end today, (laughs) right now, like these little things, if you can't capture them, you don't, um, you don't have 
it's almost like the body of work together to refer to. Yeah. It almost disappears without that capturing. I mean, like you said about uh, when someone comes in feeling a certain way and they end maybe even prematurely the engagement with you a different way. There's a great structure that I recommend to folks in coaching. Well, you say you can't measure a feeling, right? We all know you can't measure feelings. True. But I tell you what, you can make a metric. Like how do you feel about your life on a scale of one to 10? And just asking someone that once a week or once a month, that itself takes the intangible, unmeasurable, and actually creates an arc in a story. Like, hey, you, you know what, coach, you're right. I was at a four when we first started working, and now I'm reliably rocking eights and nines. Hey, this is cool. And again, that's that that idea of you translate something that's very ephemeral and easy to lose track of. You know, if you're happy, you know, if you come in kind of miserable working with your coach, and you come out generally happy uh, at the end of of working together it's really easy to tra- lose track of what the old water you were swimming in once you're swimming in the new water. Hey, I'm just happy. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, I feel good. I don't need you anymore. Coach, this has been great. I'm not sure why, but yeah, I think we're good. You might lose track of the fact that you were in a very different space. But again, just those little markers, those little souvenirs of the trajectory. Nice yeah. And liveliness. to show that there's, a, I was talking to somebody the other day, like said, I I said, we know what the, your baseline is on this mm, yeah, baseline. as this is where you've been, you know, sustainably. And I can't recall the exact context. It may have even been as something as goofy as say social, social media followers or, or mm. email list size. I can't recall, but, but they had been hovering at one, you know, level up and down, up and down and not really moving the needle. I'm like, that's awesome. You're like, what? I said, well, we know what your baseline is. Yeah. We know where you're starting. We know what that default path is, and now we can start to experiment because, you know, a lot of the times by people, by the time people get to me, they're pretty worn out on trying to make that um, six figures in six weeks or, you know, all the BS marketing promises that are out there on, say, Facebook or Instagram that were just inundated. If you're, if you're a coach or if you're into personal development, you're inundated by it just because of the algorithms and yeah. all of that. That's all I see. And they're pretty worn out. And, and then it's like, just like my own path, it's figuring out what works for you. What is it with you that, that resonates. And it it just so happens for me, it's the podcast, but I don't recommend everybody do a podcast. Mm. A, it's too much work. B, um, you know, it may not be the right fit. It may not be the right resonance. And if you don't have that, um, it's not connected to your, your core values and your, your story and your, your impact, you know, there, you just get burnt out trying to do what you think everybody else is doing to be successful. Yeah. And, and this is one of the reasons why I think this, this platform is even powerful in and of itself is I'm so excited that, you know, I'm doing a, a summer of self-care and I'm not going to be sending the people who are participating into a Facebook group, the land of distraction and marketing and everything else. They're going to be mm-hmm. actively working in Coach Accountable where it is just that coaching environment. And, and one of my things I say all the time is environment always wins. And mm. I've noticed immediately with the first groups that I've taken through that the environment is way better. Uh, what do you, yeah. What do you, because it's cleaner and I'm, and I'm. Yeah. It's more focused on the work itself versus Facebook uh, pushing your ads on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have some opinions around Facebook and business. Let's, let's explore that. Cause that's a conversation that, <laughs> that we uh, stuck a toe in the water in. Sure. Um, uh, I don't like Facebook. I kind of hate Facebook. Um, the good people at Basecamp actually, in, you know, put a little pod, or a little post out with a nice little Photoshop sticker of like a Facebook free company, where it's like the little thumbs down icon and it's green and a little arrow behind it. And what it is to be a Facebook free company and just say like, look, we're not going to traffic with a business that's done all the spooky stuff with your data and basically making you the product to sell to advertisers. So we're not going to have a Facebook group. We're not going to have a page on Facebook. We're not going to have sprinkle our own pages with like buttons and all that other stuff. And I think that's awesome. I, 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 it's just such a turnoff in all, all things, the algorithmic feeding of a, a reality that's sort of, you know, bubble tailored to whatever you want, where it's tuned, tuned to amplify things that give you shock value and an engagement of like whatever. Uh, I think it's a toxic environment and I want nothing to do with it. 
And I, I, and, and I, against that sort of highly opinionated thing, which apparently is coming to more vogue, but whatever. Um, I think, yeah, Facebook groups are a nice, or are sort of this weird place and, and coach accountable groups are a nice respite for that. If you want to do serious work with people and to your point of a cleaner, saner environment, yeah, use a coach accountable group. I find that I have some unexpected peace of mind around that because mm-hmm. when I think of the things that people, and, and I'm in a number of Facebook group with a number of coaches and communities and I have a Facebook group, but mm-hmm. it, but for my, for my coaching and my paid, I'm, I'm not ever going back there and yeah. doing that. And it is diff and experimenting with this last round of this group um, in coach accountable I saw that their their engagement was way higher than the previous baseline, and uh, and my peace of mind came from that. You know, if they were filling out um, a worksheet or they were filling out a post and disclosing something that is fairly personal, that it's staying within this environment that is just mm. purely about the coaching. The only people that can have access to it is me and you, the client. And yeah, they're not, they're not going to see any ads about something that they were just bearing their souls to with the group. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that, to me, that's more in that's, that's, that's puts me as the professional in more integrity. Yeah, right on. Yeah. We published a, a video riff uh, earlier, actually. I've, I just edited it. It's on the Vimeo page. And I haven't put it anywhere yet that people can see, but about privacy. And one of the things that I proudly say is like, look, we, we charge for our product, our platform. So your data is not, our product. We're not here in it to harvest this stuff. That's all yours. And we take that, that responsibility very seriously. And so it feels good to be in a, a business where we're actually charging real money versus the whole eyeballs for engagement or, you know, and platform deal where whatever happens at the back end with your data, including incredibly intimate details, especially if you're doing something like a coaching program on Facebook, all bets are off in terms of where it's going and who's being sold to and where is it being shared and how's it being breached. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, way uh, way better, and I, I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm also seeing sort of trends away from it, and it's not, mm. not we're not having brought it up just to to be critical. I just don't think that a lot of people are aware that there's there's an opportunity, and mm. and you know, and even in the life even in the life cycle of Facebook, I mean, it's different now than when it was in 2008 and nine, where it was purely about. Oh my gosh. And at that time I was going to all my seminars down in the States. This was a way to literally have face to face with people from all over, but it's become so much more than that. Mm. And, uh, and although I'm still on there, I don't foresee leaving. I just, for, um, you know, I, I, I pride myself in being professional. And as soon as I saw a a way that I perceived to be better and more professional, I'm all over it. And Yeah. And that's, and that's why I wanted to have you on here because, you know, it's interesting, maybe four or five years ago, I would have been like, Oh, I'll keep this thing to myself and, and then make <laughs> my coaching better and my, and uh, uh, me, 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 me. But at this juncture, I would rather have more people out there using it and yeah. improving the coaching community as a whole. And, yeah. I, and I've had it. A- Oh, good. I've, I've had a number of people who, yeah, just kind of expressed me in no uncertain terms. They want Coach Accountable to be their dirty little secret. I don't want my clients to have any idea I'm using this platform. And I don't want my co- competitors to know I'm using this platform. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm sorry. It still runs at CoachAccountable.com. It can't run at your website. Um, if you need Coach Accountable to be your dirty secret, we just don't have the technological you know, measures put in. But also to your point, like, it's a rising tide. If, if Coach Cannibal can succeed in making coaching itself look less weird, there's way more win, I think, for all coaches to recognize than to have a little niche edge all to themselves by keeping it a secret that could otherwise elevate the industry. I'm sure yeah. I'm a biased source for the, in, in this reasoning, but yeah, I've, I've only got so much sympathy for folks who want to be like, I want to use Coach Cannibal, but no one must know I use Coach Cannibal. And I say like, oh, cool. If you use a spreadsheet, do you mind people knowing that you use Excel or that you're, you know, sometimes there are just platforms out there and it's no shame to use them, I think. Yeah. You, you, it's interesting because when I, uh, when I was consulting the automotive, it was um, referral only business. Mm-hmm. And this is a mindset thing. This is about, you know, again, going to the bigger picture, which we, as people who like to think big picture, you know, pay attention to. So when I was, when I was consulting, I could have been my client's 
dirty little secret because I would come in and, and just had a way with the, with the environment, with the people, with the processes and, and ours our secret weapon. Yeah. And instead what they would do is they would refer me to amongst themselves. So let's say I had a lot of Honda clients. So they would refer me to, because most people think that um, the, the competition for the Honda dealer is the Toyota dealer across the street. And yes, that is true, but it's also the Honda dealer across town, mm. right? Because, yeah. you know, they're all owned by different franchisees um, or auto groups. So I was so fortunate in that the people that I tended to work with were, dare I say, bigger minded. And mm. they felt that if they elevated the brand, then they would collectively do better against, mm. you know, in competition with that, say Toyota with other brands. And it got a little murkier when there I worked with groups that had different brands, but, but still it was a much more collaborative um, environment than you would ever anticipate. Now they were probably not the majority, mm. but they're also some of the most successful people that I know. So I follow that example in, in framing up, how do I look at business? Are you, are you in a competitive environment or mindset or are you on a collaborative creative plane? Because way more good stuff happens up there. I've noticed that exact same thing. I, uh, another video riff that I again really should publish. It's on baby. Um, it's about our competitors and it's, uh, Oh, actually it is on the blog. Uh, six years later, we're still intentionally oblivious to our competitors. They're doing their own thing. They're doing great work to forward the, the, the coaching industry in the ways that they see how, just like we are. They're not an existential threat. We don't really care what they're doing. God bless them. We don't have to like eerily, you know, eye them with a jealous eye of like, oh, well, they, they released this feature. So, so we need to too. Nah, man, we're all just doing our thing to, to make coaching better and it's all good. Uh, that mindset is so much more freeing and happy and healthy for me as a creative building this platform then it would be were I to be in the sort of like, well, let's keep up with the competitive analysis. Who's moving up and who's doing what and da da da. Oh my God. It's such a suck on mental bandwidth and energy. Oh, so draining. It doesn't, it doesn't pay a net dividend it, uh, versus being heads down in your own world, doing the best work you can do with what you got. That's where it's at way more than worrying about what someone across the street's doing. You, you, this is an example of alignment for sure, John. So mm-hmm. let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that. Your, what do you, what are your core principles or values as a business person that you use as your in, internal compass? That's, that's one of my, so having an internal oh, compass cool. is one of my major, major um, focuses and beliefs and values is that everyone has an internal compass or an inner guru. And if only we could hear it, know it and align to it more often life changes. Right on. Well, let me give you some, some broad strokes. I don't know that I've got it formalized. Um, If you saw, when you sign up, we have our terms of awesome that proudly encapsulates a lot of it. Where basically we say like, look, we're just committed to being awesome with people. Uh, if you cancel your account and we can tell you haven't been in there for three months, we're going to refund you all three months because we don't care. I mean, if we had some investors breathing down our neck looking to get their ROI or something like that, that'd be a big no-no. But you know what? It's my company. I can break the rules and do whatever I think is like the right thing to do. And it gives me such joy and bliss to just be unreasonably awesome with people wherever I can. Um, not caring about the competition, be awesome with people. What other thing? What is it? I had like six things come to my mind while you're teeing up this question. Let me think here. Um, there's something so fun about just being a heads down real person. Like just be a person about this. I had someone chat me like, Hey, is this the founder? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, it looks like you're a little bit of a small company. If I can chill this chat with a founder, I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. I, I can't buy market research this good than to, to actually interact with and chat with the people who are using my platform, who are curious about my platform being so hands-on and and available and and eschewing any sort of sense of title and rank or like oh well i'm too big for that i i let my underlings do with that 
eh, it's super fun to just get on a support call every now and then just to do that. Um, we had a Capterra review come in over the weekend uh, from one of our longtime fans. And Jenny said that I love the platform and da, da, da. And then Constance said, hey, you would actually, one thing that's kind of inconvenient, when you export a whole client's record, comes down as a whole you know, HTML file, but the actual files that have been uploaded aren't part of that. And I wish they could be done that, but I, I keep good records anyway. So I just, you know, th- that's the only thing I can think of. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's do that. So I spent a Monday afternoon, a couple hours, and actually built a little download all files so that you can, in addition to their record, the whole flowing stream of conversations and notes and, and metrics and all that, you can download whatever files were uploaded to their, their account as well. Um, it's a nice little zip file. And I just added that and I just posted that as a comment on the capture review. Like, hey, Jenny, thanks, you're, thanks for being a fan. And you know what? That's a good idea. Hit refresh. It's now there. Who does that? Like, it's so fun to, I don't think anyone, because when I deal with other software companies, I feel like anytime I make a feature request, they say like, duly noted with a form email and that's it. Um, And we'll wait till we've heard it X number of times before we investigate. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have a policy of that. If If I'm not immediately sold that it's a good idea, I wait for resonance. And when I get resonance, I'm like, okay, maybe it's time and I'll put it in the priority queue. Um. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, yeah. So much of how I run my business feels like almost this expression of the avenging angel on my shoulder who's pissed at any other company that I've dealt with that they weren't willing to be people about it. You know, there's so many instances where you ask a question, and you get a form, form mail, uh, you know, response back that, you know, <laughs> the subtext is almost like, wait, wait, did you just tell me to go fuck myself? I'm sorry. Did what? There's so much of that that's just like, wait, why can't you just be a person about this? And would it kill you to X, Y, or Z? And now Coach Accountable and how I do customer support, and again, I, I wrote up most of this in the terms of awesome, is a way of just kind of thumbing my nose at how other people do it to be like, this is how I would want to be treated. Let me do that. And it works really well because the joy and juice that I get from doing that is worth all the refunds that I give when people like canceling, Oh, let me just give your money back. You're good. Oh, you just canceled this morning or you canceled today and your, your, your payment went through yesterday. No need for you to have paid for this month. We're good. Go you forth and all the best with the coaching going forward. Like, it's just, it's just fun. I feel like a little kid who's kind of breaking the rules and like some authority figure is going to look in at me and be like, Hmm, John has been squandering the company's money. And there's no such thing. There's no, there's no one above me. It's just my own company. There's no oversight committee. (laughs) There's no oversight committee. So I can be a person about this all day long and it's super fun. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. I love, I, I love speaking with you. So it's, it's a, a great way for me to get to spend some time with you um, outside of the support queue. And yeah, it's such a treat to be able to talk shop. Yeah. And, and talk industry too. It's yeah. And, uh, and, and it's also helped me to see through the lens of Coach Accountable some parity between how I was before in my former business and now. So it kind of goes to, it speaks to what you were just saying. You're showing up as yourself. You know, people, people don't change. Coaches don't change. A tool shouldn't change the way that you operate. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've more or less become an evangelist for Coach Accountable is because it's allowed me to be even more creative with, with the work that I'm doing. And not only does that make coaching better, that makes me a better coach because I get to actually implement some of these fleeting ideas that otherwise would just stay up there in the ether. So this is a great opportunity for me to express gratitude to you, um, to encourage if you're a coach that's uh, listening or if you're being coached and, uh, or if you want to be coached, you know, have no hesitation about contacting me through the website, but I will leave links to Coach Accountable in the show notes and uh, and go back and find some metrics to, to post because I think it just really works to, to show with a little bit of transparency um, some of what this looks like so people can get an idea that, you know what, coaching is way better than I thought or more awesome than I thought it would be and, and, and to help bring it into the mainstream, which is a goal that I share with you. So thanks so much. I'm so grateful for your time and energy. Right on. Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 
Hey, it's Laura. I'm back with a couple of quick takeaways for the coaches and for the non-coaches who are listening. First of all, if you're a coach and you want to find out more about Coach Accountable, I've left affiliate links in the show notes. What that means is if you end up using Coach Accountable, I get a few thank you pennies every month that go towards um, offsetting the costs of producing this podcast, which would be amazing. For the non-coaches, I really hope you could hear, especially at the end there, the freedom of making decisions that are in alignment with the people, what the needs are of the people that you're serving. We can never go wrong. And uh, and sometimes it's not the easy decision, especially when there's you know a crunch, but it's such a wonderful compass to have. And, and I love how that came up in that conversation. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and have already subscribed, I invite you back to lauratucker.com to sign up for our newsletter. What happens there is you get notified when the podcasts are out, but also other inspirations, daily tips, and resources that I send out. If you're new to the podcast, like, subscribe, follow, come on on this journey to free your inner guru because everything you need is inside of you and that's what this podcast is all about. We want to stay connected to that inner wisdom and each and every guest is either here to show and demonstrate in their own way that what they do um, and also um, provide strategies, stories and, and wisdom to share. So that's it for this week. I'm Laura Tucker signing off for Free Your Inner Guru.